my name is Reese Cool Chapman and I'm a supervisee in clinical social work. What inspired you to get into the mental health field? Um, actually, I receive mental health care through the Veterans Administration because I'm a Gulf War vet and um, seeing the need for folks to, to work with that population, I was kind of inspired to go back to school and get my master's in social work. Since I've started working, I find that I'm actually working more with um, LGBTQ uh, teens most of the time, <laughs> but I do have some vets as clients as well. How does uh, helping with, working with younger people help your own healing process? Oh, immensely. Um, I actually grew up uh, as, as transgender and really didn't have any um, role models to look up to. I didn't have any non-exploitative um, uh, depictions of transgender adults on TV when I was growing up. And so it's been really, really healing for me to be able to be there to provide um, affirming care for my trans clients, especially the ones who are adolescents and teens. I talk to a lot of veterans and they always talk about the challenges of the transitioning back to civilian life. Did you have some of those challenges? I did because you get it, you know, I was raised in the as a Navy brat, and then I served active duty in the Navy, and it's an entirely separate culture. You know, you've got very different expectations um, working in the civilian world, and it did take a, a while. I'm glad that I had that experience because it has helped me work with my vets who are making that transition themselves. So you do a lot to help others, but what do you do to help your own mental health? Um, I just finished, uh, three years ago, I, I, I was going through grad school um, for clinical social work, and it was around that time that I discovered that I really need to be intentional about self-care because otherwise it was just not going to happen. Uh, there's the, the vol I was in an accelerated program and the volume of work was just too much. There was no way. So I am very deliberate about scheduling time for myself both for um, just kind of to recharge my own batteries doing something um, like playing a video game or reading or writing, something like that. But I've also scheduled um, time with my friends and family doing things like playing Dungeons and Dragons or different board games. So just, just really being intentional about carving out time for myself because it's very easy to get caught up in your day-to-day -day responsibilities and Put yourself as the last priority. With working with younger people, do you see that they're a little more open to share their feelings? Um, that varies individually because a lot of the clients that I work with have a history of complex trauma. So um, you do have to work with building rapport with your clients and at building that trust especially if they have not always had adults that could be trusted in their lives. Um, I have found that, um, you know, one of our, our greatest therapeutic tools is the use of yourself. So I, I have, you know, 
disclose some things about the struggles that I went through when I was their age, and I think that helps them, um, helps provide authenticity when I'm working with them. So I think you, you trust kind of has to go both ways. My name is Jessica Scoble. I'm an MSW, um, and I'm a therapist here at Ellie. What inspired you to get into the mental health field? I think like a lot of people who are in this field, um, we all have our personal experiences with mental health, be it through ourselves or through our family members. Um, and I happened to graduate college during the pandemic, which I think for a lot of people was sort of a moment to be thoughtful about what we want to do. Um, and I kind of saw a need in the world that wasn't being met. And so that was where I ultimately decided to go back to school um, and go into therapy because of just the growing mental health crisis. I wanted to help out where I could. What is it like uh, being in the mental health field after the pandemic? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy how many people will come in and say, well, this really got worse for me during the pandemic, or I started noticing these issues during the pandemic. Like for everybody, it's a juncture in their life, good, bad, indifferent. Um, we all mention it when we talk about you know the last few years. So there's so much need. It does feel like we're always trying to keep up with that need, um, but it definitely gave people a moment to, to sort of reflect and figure out what to do next. Do you see more people, you know, coming in after the pandemic? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just increased. I mean, I think obviously there were so many overwhelming negatives of the pandemic, but I think one positive of the pandemic is it sort of brought some of the struggles that a lot of people are going through to the forefront of the conversation and said, hey, we need to talk about this. This can't be ignored anymore in order for us to be able to move on. So people who maybe never would have sought mental health before are seeking it out now, which is good. What are some of the things you've learned from your clients? Oh my gosh, I've learned so many things from my clients. Um, you know, on, on the basic, very small level, I learn about all sorts of different hobbies and skills, and I see a lot of kids, so they love to tell me about like games or, or movies that I would have never learned anything about. Um, but on the bigger scale, I also work with the older population, and I learn a lot of life lessons. Obviously, I'm on the younger side, so when people come in and they tell me things about their lives and things that they've been through, I feel like it's like reading a book, but better. It's, you know, these stories of everybody's lives and people have been through some amazing things and overcome. Do you see younger people being a little more open than uh, older people in talking about themselves? I think it can go either way. Um, I think sometimes kids are like, woohoo, let's talk. And sometimes they're a little more shy and hesitant to open up. And then on the other side of that spectrum, sometimes, you know, the older population can be a little hesitant about mental health. But sometimes it's like, you know, uncorking a bottle that they're just like, oh my gosh, I'm here and I'm ready to talk and I'm just going to spill it all out. <laughs> so you do a lot to help others, but what do you do to help your own mental health? You know, I've already mentioned reading a couple of times. I'm a big reader, so I do like to read. And I also like to write, um, you know, my own kind of stories. And I've brought that into therapy a lot. I do something called narrative therapy with people where we write our own life stories and we kind of make meaning out of that. So for myself, I use it to relax, but it, it does find its way to creep into here too. My name is Erin McLeod, and I am a supervisee of social work here at LA Mental Health. What inspired you to get into the mental health field? I originally went to school to study accounting and I quickly realized that that was not for me and so then I took a course um, intro to social work and absolutely fell in love with it and I found out that there were so many different things that you can do in social work and so um, especially in a clinical sense and in my personal life I've had family members who 
struggled with a bunch of different um, mental health issues, eating disorders, uh, depression, anxiety. And so I wanted to be that person um, for people like like my family um, and be that source of support. So that's why I decided to kind of take that route. What is it like uh, helping people? Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Like I said, I was, um, I was studying accounting and I, I wasn't feeling fulfilled at all. Um, and now with the decision that I've made, every single day is a little different, but um, that craving for, for fulfillment in my career, I, 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 I think I've met that. And um, it's great seeing my clients work towards some of their goals and being able to be a part of that journey with them. So you do a lot to help your own uh, clients, but what do you do to help your own mental health? I would say uh, my main self-care is uh, running um, right now, but in the past it was walking, um, and I've learned over time that the form of self-care that you choose for yourself, it can change um, daily, weekly, monthly, based on things that are going on. Um, and so I've learned to kind of just accept that some days I'm, I might want to run, some days I might want to sleep in, some days I might want to watch movies all day, but it's important that I'm taking time for myself to decompress um, and invest in myself because when I do come into the office and I do work with clients, it's, it's a lot and I want to be able to show up for them. Um, but in order to do that, I have to take care of myself too. What have you learned from your clients? Um, so many different things. <laughs> so I work with kids and I work with adults too. So with kids, I'm learning all about different games and different things going on in their lives. Um, but something that I've learned, I guess in general, sort of overarching is everyone is going through their own struggles and their own um, issues. And we don't really know what's going on behind closed doors. And I try to approach every interaction with people with an open uh, mindset and understanding of the fact that we all have our own issues and we're all human beings. And we have to accept that um, everyone's a little different and, and show each other grace because we're all trying our best. My name is Patrick Curley and I'm the clinic director at LA Mental Health Woodbridge. What inspired you to get into the mental health field? Well, that started out a long time ago. That gives you my age a little bit. Um, way back when I was a teenager, I was working as a camp counselor, and there was a girl that was afraid of water, and I didn't know it. And I went, and we were going to the swimming pool as one of the weekly trips, and I went over to her and made a connection and helped her get in the water and swim that day. And later that day, her mom came up and said, what did you do? And I said, I, I just sat there and talked to her and let her get comfortable and sit, feel safe and secure when we got into the water. And the most amazing look came over the mother's face and the daughter's face. It was like this fear that she had, that she had had for like four or five years, suddenly they're open to possibilities. And that validation, that feeling that I got from seeing that happen was just what inspired me to get into this field. And it's amazing since then seeing people just with so many difficulties, if you give them the help that they need and the support they need, just amazingly grow in front of your eyes. How does it feel to be helping others? It feels great. It can also be frustrating at times, and that's the honest truth. But we have to look at it day in and day out. Results aren't going to happen in one day. So we have to look at it as a long-term solution, a long-term process. And we take those moments, like I just explained to you, we take those and put those away in our vault, as I call it, in our minds, and we keep those with us to know that it will happen. 
and you primarily work with kids and teens. What are the difference in talking to them as opposed to uh, adults? I I think it's just being real with them, um, talking you know at their age at their level um, not trying to make it clinical not trying to make it academic being authentic with them you know hey if you had a bad day we can just simply say that your day was it bad yes it was all right tell me about that instead of getting into academic so um, and also if you and I know you saw in my office is making it feel comfortable for them to come into make it be a space where they can let let out what they need to let out without having any judgment and a lot of times what that's what they get in their lives is they're going through life as we all are where people are judging us and we have these self perceptions about how do we look how do we feel are we doing the right thing are we doing the wrong thing letting them come to a place where it's non-judgmental and when we do that they're able to actually talk about the things they need to talk about what do you do to help your own mental health oh I have a variety of different things I do um, I guess the first thing I do is I faithfully exercise each day um, usually at the end of the workday I will go home and I'll have a 45 minute to an hour workout at home um, there'll be a couple of times a week if not three times that I'll go swimming at my local gym um, I also make sure and I do this with myself as well as everybody I work with is our emails our text all of those things shut off at nine o'clock at night if it's if it hasn't happened by nine o'clock it doesn't need to happen till the next day and that gives us a sense of if we are still working for some reason that we need to turn it off and we need to focus on our personal lives and have that work-life balance that so few of us have a social worker supervisee at LA mental health what inspired you to get into mental health so I was actually working in the school system in Prince William County and I saw a lot of gaps in the system, um, families who needed resources, and um, I had experienced a lot of things in my own family that I realized um, that there were a lot of needs um, and just not a lot of resources out there. And I thought that in, in my own career, I wanted to be able to provide families with help and resources and maybe be a bridge to some of those um, needs and and help people in my community. What is it like helping families? Um, it's very rewarding. I think that I'm I'm a mom, and so I love seeing kids make changes and even little tiny changes in their life to be able to, um, you know, do better and have success, and so. I, I love working with families and seeing those changes, but I also love working with adults and um, and just helping people live their authentic lives and, and live life with purpose. What have you learned from your clients? Oh, what have I learned from my clients? Um, so much, so much. Um, uh, I think that I've learned a lot that life the life experience is not a, a linear experience um, life is complicated it can be very messy life is beautiful it can be hard um, it's worth it it's it's a lot of work and um, and it's rewarding you know I've, I've learned a lot from my clients what do you do to help your own mental health um, being very aware of my own needs and the ability to 
step back sometimes from my work and spend time with my own family uh, has really been able to help me with my own mental health. Um, I think continually learning and growing also helps me with my own mental health. And um, I think since I've, I've gotten into the mental health field, I've learned and grown a lot. And, um, you know, I continue to learn and grow. And so, um, but I think being able to step back and relax and spend time with my kids and my dog and spend time outdoors and <laughs> away from the stresses of life because life can be crazy and hard.